Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. All right, everybody, it's time for the show. Welcome, everybody, to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. On this Wednesday, I am so excited about this show. I'm going to have Rob Frazier on. You know, I haven't talked to him in over three weeks. But we are going to talk everything NBA playoffs. Got the NFL draft coming up on April the 28th. And we have got a great show. Going to talk about the Atlanta Hawks falling to the Miami Heat as Jimmy Buckets once again, 45 points, dominates the Hawks and the Miami Heat take a 2-0 lead going back to Atlanta on Friday. The Atlanta Braves bounce back and beat the Dodgers thanks to Max Fried's gym and Kenley Jansen gets the save against his former team. And I'm going to preview my sports documentaries. I'm excited. We are just getting started here on The Sports Beat as I have taken a new direction into my podcast. I've had over 350 episodes. It's been quite the journey. I love doing it. I love talking sports. I started in the podcast business right around January of 2020 when a college friend of mine had his podcast and I was a guest on his podcast because my favorite team, the 49ers, were in the Super Bowl. So he wanted to get my insight on the 49ers. And I, I thought we, we did it over the phone. I thought, man, this is pretty cool. You got yourself, you got a podcast here? This is pretty cool. And he showed me how to do a podcast. And it just took off like wildfire. I really felt like my podcast was growing. It was it was a very captivated podcast that was dedicated to the city of Columbus, Georgia. But I also had the national angle too. I go off and I talk about other things that's going on in the world of sports. But it was so exciting that the podcast was growing fast. And then obviously when the pandemic happened about two years ago, I didn't really know what I was going to do. What was I going to talk about with no sports because of the pandemic? Of course, you had NFL free agency, you had the NFL draft, you had the last dance documentary. Some of the shows, I actually broke down some of those episodes. And then sports returned without fans in July, starting with the MLS. Then you had baseball playing without fans. You had NBA in a bubble. You had NHL in a bubble. And football actually did not skip a beat. They just didn't have fans in most of the venues. But they made the broadcast exciting. We had craziness because of the pandemic. We had NFL games on Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights. And we weathered the storm. And about a year ago, I got a job offer to be the public address announcer for Russell County High Football. Many of you that know me personally knew that I was a broadcasting major at Freed Harbin University, which was a small NAIA school. And of course, my guest that's going to be later on the show, Rob Frazier, was a colleague of mine, and we called games together. And I really appreciate Rob and his insight and what he brings. So this journey, it really started two years ago, took a little bit of a break because of the pandemic. I'd just been given opportunity after opportunity. The PA announcing job for Russell County led to the PA announcing job for Russell County basketball. And that led to being the voice of the Columbus Rapids. You know, I knew head coach Jason Gibson, who's the coach of the Columbus Lions, from 
my days in the studio at 95.7 ESPN Radio in Columbus. Of course, I was a guest host on a couple of shows, and Coach Gibson has his weekly show. And we were in the studio, and that's how I got to know him. And he knew me from that and offered me a job to be the voice of the Columbus Rapids. And that later turned into being the color commentator for the Columbus Lions, as I'm excited about this upcoming Saturday, as I will be calling the game with Jared Dillard, the play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Lions. And then I got a job offer to be the voice of Russell County High football. So I'm no longer the public address announcer. I am now the play-by-play announcer for Russell County High football And I'm just enjoying the ride. It's been a great journey. I know that the rapid season just ended a couple of weeks ago. I'm looking forward to the new season of National Arena football for the Columbus Lions. And then right after that, we got Russell County High football as they will take on Harris County August the 26th. That game is going to be broadcasted on Beam 7, the local cable provider for East Alabama and rebroadcasted on WLTZ channel 38 the CW affiliate out of Georgia and Alabama I cannot wait I'm talking to one of the station managers next week as we are going to discuss terms and this journey has been incredible now I'm going to start a new chapter I love sports documentaries I could watch ESPN 30 for 30s all day I could replay my favorite sports documentaries Some of my favorites are the U. You know, my family on my wife's side loves the University of Miami, and they had two documentaries for the U. They've had that documentary with Miami and Notre Dame, Catholics and Convicts, and you've also had Pony Excess. That's one of my favorite sports documentaries with the SMU football team that had the death penalty in 1987. But many of you know I'm a resident of Columbus since 2015. I moved to Georgia in 2006. So my first documentary that is going to air next week is going to be dedicated to the 2006 Northern Little League World Series champions that won the Little League World Series based out of Columbus, Georgia. Now, this team put Columbus on the map. I moved to Georgia in 2006. I heard about it. This is how I heard about Columbus, Georgia. I did not live in Columbus yet, but it was such an incredible journey. And next week, I'm going to have Tyler Crowder on the show. Now, he's lived in Columbus a lot longer than I have, and he's got a podcast called Kicking It With Crowder. He is going to be a guest on the show. I'm going to have some surprise guests, maybe some former players on the 2006 Northern Little League team. And we are just going to stroll down memory lane and talk about How wonderful that was for the city of Columbus. And that moment that froze in time. I had to re-watch the broadcast on ESPN2 by Brent Musburger or Hershiser and Joe Morgan. As I relived that championship game against Japan where Northern won 2-1. to Such a captivating moment and we are going to relive it. Just a sneak preview of some of my other sports documentaries. The next sports documentary I'm going to do is USA softball in the 1996 Olympics. Of course, in 1990, Atlanta was chosen to be the host of the Olympics, and Columbus was one of the venues for the inaugural season for USA softball. Of course, the USA softball team won the gold, and so I'm going to stroll down memory lane and the journey of the USA softball team and their journey to the gold medal. All right, my third episode of my sports documentary series is just going to be dedicated to Frank Thomas. Could be one of the greatest athletes to ever come out of Columbus. And I think it would be awesome if I can get his old 
high school baseball coach or get some of his teammates. Obviously, I don't think I'm going to be able to get Frank Thomas, but we are going to talk about the big hurt, the Hall of Fame designated hitter slash first baseman that played most of his career for the Chicago White Sox, but he had such a brilliant career, 571 home runs and a Hall of Famer. Just going to break down his legacy in Columbus. And then the fourth sports documentary that I'm going to do, it's going to be all about Sam Mitchell. Sam Mitchell is the greatest basketball player to ever come out of Columbus. He played at Columbus High. He went on to lead Mercer in the 1980s to an NCAA tournament bid, then went on to play in the CBA, and then he played for the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Indiana Pacers, Back to the Minnesota Timberwolves, right before he retired, he was credited for developing Kevin Garnett. You know, Kevin Garnett struggled in his first couple of seasons with Minnesota. And Sam Mitchell went on to be NBA Coach of the Year. He coached the Raptors, do a couple of playoff appearances. And now he's an analyst for NBA TV. Lives in Atlanta. I don't know if I'm going to get Sam Mitchell. But there is a athlete that does live in Columbus, and that's Glenn Davis. He's a city councilman, two-time All-Star for the Houston Astros in 1986 and 1989. Would love to get him on the podcast. So I, I know I spent the first 10 minutes talking about like my sports documentaries and this my journey in broadcasting. It's a grind. For inspired broadcasters everywhere, all I got to say is take advantage of every opportunity that is given to you. You know, for the past two months, I've been blessed to have this podcast broadcasted from 5 to 5.30 on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. And I thank the station manager, Ryan O'Neill, so much for giving me this opportunity, and I am truly blessed. There's such a great lineup at that radio station, 99.1 out of Noonan, Georgia. I'm right after Rick Smith, and then right before Bryce Kuhn. They have wonderful shows, and I'm truly humbled to be a part of the WQEE family. Now on to the sports, because it wasn't a great night for the Atlanta Hawks. You know, I I was optimistic. I was hoping that they would steal a game in Miami to take it back to Atlanta 1-1. You know, Trey Young did get his points, but he had 10 turnovers. But the Hawks could not stop Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, let me tell you about this guy, because he was a force, just like he was in the 2020 NBA Finals. Even though this game was close... And I was watching this game. I thought that the Hawks could pull away if they were making some of their shots. The Miami Heat was able to beat the Hawks 115-105. to Jimmy Butler scores a career-high 45 points. And Miami takes a 2-0 lead to Atlanta this Friday night. Look, Miami has never lost a series when they're up 2-0. Clearly, this was a coaching mismatch. Eric Spolstra is an NBA Coach of the Year. He's won two titles. Nate McMillan is an interim coach. I don't think that Nate McMillan is going to last in Atlanta. They clearly sleptwalked through the regular season, got the number eight seed, which was fine, but Miami's the number one seed for a reason. I would not be shocked if the Miami Heat swept the Hawks. If that's the case, then I think Nate McMillan is going to be fired. I thought that DeAndre Hunter was going to be this Matisse Thibel type player that could stop your best player. I was wrong. Jimmy Butler could get any shot he wanted. And that's what happened. And now the Atlanta Hawks have to lick their wounds, and they're down 0-2, and they get ready for game three Friday night. 
Now, on a positive note, I'm going to talk about all these Georgia teams in, in really a positive note. The Atlanta Braves did get the victory over the Los Angeles Dodgers late last night. And congratulations to Max Fried for picking up his first victory of the season. The Braves won 3-1. to one. Kenley Jansen gets the save. Travis Darneau hit a home run in the second inning. I mean, they were facing Walker Bueller. You know, the night before, Clayton Kershaw dominated them. That moment when Freddie Freeman on... Monday night, Freddie Freeman hitting that home run in, the, in his, hitting that home run in his first at bat against his former team. Oh, that must have been tough. But the Braves do get the victory, and they will take on the Dodgers for the rubber match this afternoon as Charlie Morton taking on Tony Gonsolin. I got to say, I'm very optimistic about Ronald Acuna Jr.'s rehab assignment at Gwinnett. The Braves think that he's going to be ready early May. Acuna Jr. thinks he's ready now. He did go one for three and hit a double. That is a positive sign. He played a little bit of right field. I think Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to be fine. So let's talk about the NBA again. There's some other games. You know, Rob is a Grizzlies fan. We're going to talk about how the Grizzlies bounced back and they beat the Timberwolves 124 to 96. The New Orleans Pelicans beat the Phoenix Suns 125 to 114. Devin Booker went off in that first half, but he leaves with an injury. And are the Phoenix Suns in trouble? If Devin Booker cannot play in Game 3, I think that New Orleans could give this a series. And I think it could go seven games. I think that Phoenix will make adjustments and they will find a way to beat New Orleans even without Devin Booker. But you're not beating Golden State without Devin Booker. Right now, after seeing the Golden State Warriors pound the Denver Nuggets, the Warriors are back. And I'm a Warriors fan. I was very optimistic about this season. I did not know what to expect. But the Warriors, right now, I am picking the Golden State Warriors to represent the Western Conference in the NBA Finals. That's how confident I am that this Warriors team is back. You got everybody back that's healthy. Draymond Green has picked up his second win, and he is now a great defender. When Steph Curry's coming off the bench... Scoring, dropping 30. You got Jordan Poole coming out of nowhere. Andrew Wiggins making his first all-star game. The Warriors are just a machine, and they know how to get the talent. Getting Jordan Poole out of nowhere. Getting Jonathan Kaminga. They've got a great team, and I think that is going to be the Warriors and the Sixers in the NBA Finals. I know that I said the Bucks and the Suns. So far in the NBA playoffs, I've been impressed with how the Sixers have dominated the Raptors and how the Warriors have dominated the Nuggets. Oh, but we are just getting started on this show. So some of the local news in Columbus, Columbus State was able to beat Shorter University yesterday up in Rome, Georgia, and they will take on Georgia College for a three-game series this weekend. And of course, they are going to honor the 2002 College World Series champions as they honor the 20-year team. We've got a busy sports weekend in the city of Columbus with the River Dragons in the playoffs. They do not know who they're going to face. They might face Carolina because Port Huron, because Watertown is going to pick their opponent, and they might pick somebody that is closer geographically. Another person I would love to get on this podcast is Zach DeBozart, the voice of the Columbus River Dragons, and Chattahoots. He would be a great guest to have on this podcast as we could talk everything River Dragons and Chattahoots. Uh, definitely going to reach out to him. But I actually think that it is going to be awesome with all these sports coming around in the Fountain City. It's truly 
a great time to be a sports fan in Columbus, which is a saturated market. You have a lot of fan bases because of the Fort Benning factor. You have sports fans from all over the country. I'm originally from California with no college football ties. I grew up rooting for the Giants and the 49ers and the Warriors. And so it's been all professional. But let me tell you something. I live in the South, so you know I'm going to talk college football. We did have the spring games. I'm going to talk. I know Rob Frazier is a big West Virginia fan. I'm going to talk about JT Daniels entering the transfer portal and committing to the West Virginia Mountaineers. I think it's about that time to bring Rob on the show. So you don't want to go anywhere. When I come back, I'm going to have Rob Frazier, my former colleague, my former broadcasting partner at Freed Hardman University, on the show. You don't want to miss it. We'll be back in a few. Welcome back to the show. Just a reminder, you are listening to the Sports Beat on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key out of Noonan, Georgia. And back on the show once again is my former colleague, the former play-by-play announcer for Freed Hardman University Sports and my dear friend, Rob Frazier. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. It's good to be back. Good to be back together after a few weeks and talking about what's going on in the wild world of sports. And it has been a wild NBA playoff season so far. So you're Memphis Grizzlies. I want to start the show talking about the Grizzlies because I know that you are a big Memphis Grizzlies fan. As I'm a Golden State Warriors fan. I mean, they're on a collision course to possibly meet in the second round, but they got to get by Minnesota first. They took one on the chin. They lost game one to Minnesota. They just seem to not have an answer for Carl Anthony Towns, but they made adjustments in game two last night. Your thoughts on game two, and is this going to be a long series, or can Memphis steal some games up in Minneapolis and close out this series? They had the worst possible first-round draw they could get, in my opinion. You get a young team in Minnesota just like them that doesn't tire easily. In fact, uh, Minnesota also is the only team in the league that averaged uh, more points than them this year. Uh, so they're high scoring. They're pretty good defensively at what they do. And so it was most of the people in the Memphis uh, market are predicting about a six game series on that. Golden State, however, my goodness, I heard that they that they reeled off over 70 points uh, in the second half of their game the other day. They are looking. That's the scoop on them, too. Golden State looking really good, brother. Uh, Memphis just uh, main that number two seed form and let's talk about the phoenix suns because they did suffer an injury devin booker last night i don't know how long he's going to be out but if they don't have devin booker i still think they can get past the pelicans because they are a really good team with chris paul and deandre ayton but they're not winning the nba title without devin booker what is your thoughts on a possible matchup between phoenix and whoever maybe golden state maybe memphis in the Western Conference Finals. It is about your clutch performers, uh, how the series are structured. You know, they won't be going very far because they did okay without Chris Paul, but without player either. So uh, it would uh, what they do. Uh, Phoenix, when they were Chris Paul, they did okay. It's good to see the Pelicans do what they should have done, which was which will make for an interesting series. Rob, do you have a favorite coming out of the East? East is something else, isn't it? The parody in the East Obviously, the most interesting opinion is uh, got to be Boston, and you know, oh, wow, absolutely. what a match there! I mean, that's like an Eastern Finals thing going on there. So 
Uh, that might go seven games. If it goes that long, even Miami's looking really good, uh, relying on Trey Young. So uh, Miami's looking really good with Toronto, such a good coach there, Nick Nurse, and, and how he can scheme and, and a win or two in that series with it's still pretty good. It's, uh, it's going to be very well, the first round series in the East. Well, we got a full slate of games tonight in the Eastern Conference playoffs. The 76ers, they go to Toronto. They're not going to have Matisse Thibel, their best defender, as they go across the border to take on a young, hungry Toronto Raptors team with Scotty Barnes, who's one of the favorites for NBA Rookie of the Year. They still have their key pieces from their 2019 championship team like Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Fleet. But I think that it's going to be interesting. Philadelphia right now, in my opinion, Rob, Philly looks like the best team in the Eastern Conference. No disrespect to Miami. I just think that Miami does not have a superstar after Jimmy Butler. And uh, Atlanta is just, they're sleepwalking through this Miami Heat team. And I think that really it was a coaching mismatch because Eric Spolstra clearly has the advantage over Nate McMillan, who was the interim coach last year. And you look at the Atlanta Hawks. Because I live in Georgia. I'm a Hawks fan. I root for them. The expectations this year was to at least get to the second round of the Eastern Conference Finals because that's what the Hawks did last year. But that is not this Hawks team. That team that made it to the Eastern Conference Final, it was a magical run last year. Trey Young was brilliant in the playoffs. But they took advantage of the Sixers uh, giving away one of those games. And... Uh, the dysfunction of Ben Simmons. They took advantage of that and made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But I clearly think Philly is the best team coming out of the East. Well, you got Embiid there, and, uh, you know, he's tough to guard. I mean, my goodness, he led the league in scoring. And then also, in my opinion, led the league. And it's uh, he's just fearless out there, and he uh, lifts up his, his teammates. He he, uh, he talks a lot of junk, right? But you can do that when you're the MVP of the league uh, this year uh, in a lot of ways. So I agree with you. They're going to be tough uh, because very much about their, their mission as a team. Uh, they play pretty well together as a team. They got, they got pretty good uh, – uh, athletes on on the sides there good shooters if the 76ers do advance because they have the number they're taking on toronto the five seed they would take on possibly they would take on the miami heat because i think the miami heat are going to win the series over the hawks uh, the hawks may get a game in atlanta but i'm expecting a sweep uh, the heat are just too much jimmy butler too much role players with duncan robinson and tyler hero that's going to be a great series miami versus philly and really, whoever wins that Boston-Brooklyn series, whoever wins that game, they got to take on the champs, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, because I think the Bucks are going to beat the Bulls. They are the much better team. And like former Houston Rockets head coach Rudy Tomjanovich said, he once said about the 95 Houston Rockets, who are a sixth seed, never underestimate the heart of a champion. And I do not count out the Milwaukee Bucks until they get beat. They are the champs. They have one of the best players in the NBA, probably the best player in the NBA, Giannis. And they have very good all-stars. I'm not going to say superstars. They got Chris Middleton and they got Drew Holiday. But the difference has been Brooke Lopez getting back into that starting lineup. You know, I don't, I don't think it's, uh, you know, going to be seven games by any means. But, yeah, that's uh, – well, that'll be a lot of fun if they end 
uh, you know, playing uh, Brooklyn or, or uh, Boston in the next round. You know, Boston's doing pretty good. And you got to love that Kyrie going back to Boston and, and the crowd giving it to giving it back to them. Uh, what a game that first game was. And I believe this evening, as we're talking here, is, uh, is the next game for that series. Oh, yeah. Game two, it is going to be just must-see TV. I love this series. I mean, Jason Tatum with the putback. And Boston wins game one. It's going to go down to the wire. And uh, Kyrie, he's feeding off that Boston energy. And, you you know, you got your typical Boston Celtics fans that they're all about Boston and they relive the glory days of Larry Bird. And then the big three back in 2008 with Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen. This team, they do have Jason Tatum. They, he is a top five player. Jalen Brown is a good role player. Marcus Smart winning defensive player of the year that is going to be the key if Marcus Smart can get on ball either on Kyrie I mean he's not going to guard KD but if he could slow Kyrie Irving down but I'm looking for this to be a great series and you know Boston has got to think they got home court right now they're up 1-0 they got to win this game in Boston because if they go back to Brooklyn and it's 1-1 it could be a very long series and Brooklyn could win this series well absolutely i mean originally i don't not quite sure yet how the they would be favored to win this series at full strength uh you know just in terms of of who they have on the team regardless of the seating and that's what's interesting about the eastern conference play is the seating the seatings are not in of uh, the strength of the teams you know you look at the 76ers where they're at what they're capable of you know you look at the the nets where they're they're capable of uh and so yeah the seeding uh does make the <laughs> eastern conference uh playoffs a little more uh closely contested in my opinion yes. than the than 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 the west the west in my opinion the west the seedings are, are pretty accurate in terms of how they stacked up throughout the year. But in the East, the seedings kind of off in terms of what those teams are capable of. So to me, the Eastern is more compelling and might be a little more closely contested than, than the West. All right, Rob. So switching gears, let's talk about college football because you're up there in West Virginia where they are big West Virginia Mountaineers fans. You'll probably see some people in town still with a Pat White jersey. I don't know. I'm, I've never been to West Virginia, but, you know, West Virginia is huge. A lot of college football teams had their spring games this past couple of weeks. But big news, former Georgia quarterback JT Daniels has announced his decision, and he is transferring to West Virginia. Your thoughts on West Virginia getting JT Daniels? A big get for them over here stabilizes that position with his experience, and that's exactly what they need here. Uh, Neil Brown's a, he's a good offensive coach, but but they needed need to stabilize that position, uh, and and his team is in the country kind of a 50-50 mix between who who you have coming back and and who's uh, transferring in so absolutely that's a big story here and and then the spring games to me they're more interesting now than it's good because like i said you know it's not quite 50-50 maybe 60-40 mix right of your player your new new players coming in whether they're off uh, coming from high school college or, or another uh university program so Yes, football is alive in the springtime. Of course, I'm a part of indoor football here as uh, I, I'm calling a game for the Columbus Lions. But did you happen to catch any of the USFL games over the weekend? 
Uh, I saw briefly uh, some of the highlight packages. Uh, I would say that for a first weekend, uh, they did pretty well. I think it'll pick up steam uh, as as it moves along. And they've, they've got a good bone to the league in terms of uh, backing the games are on, on networks. they heard of can find their games if you're inclined to watch them. Um, I think a lot watch them uh, in it's that the, the, the teams are in and also that are on the teams that names you might recognize from their college careers, uh, especially uh, in key position here a little bit. The quarterback play uh, was subpar on these quarterbacks aren't, aren't on, a, on an NFL roster, right? But the, but the coaching is good. And because the coaching is good, I think you'll see the product on the, uh, as the season goes along. They picked up an official rival now. XFL announced that they are back, and one of their major oh boy, one of their major sponsors, one of their major financial back backers is The Rock. The USFL got one year, right? They got one year to make it happen and see how they next year double saturation with the uh, with the XFL and the XFL. They have a system in their own financial. The XFL signed a kind of developmental contract the NFL to kind of help them out. So, uh, it might stick this time, Richard. Spring football, league. maybe. Actually stick. It might actually stick. We'll see. I thought it was a success in 2020, but the pandemic happened and right. it killed the league. I, I actually think, and even the Alliance of American Football, that that league in 2019, it was off to a pretty good start. We had the Atlanta Legends. Aaron Burry was their quarterback, and it could have been better, but they they were bankrupt. And so when the XFL happened. You had these these markets that have NFL franchises. Of course, you had the St. Louis Battlehawks, who once had an NFL franchise. And in the Alliance of American Football, you had the San Diego team. I would love for a city like Memphis to get an XFL franchise. You remember, of course, the Memphis Maniacs back in 2001. But a team like Birmingham is doing great. I mean, of course, all these games in the USFL are being played in Birmingham. I'm trying to figure that one out. But these secondary markets that don't have NFL franchises could thrive because there is a fan base. A market like Orlando, that they have professional teams, but they don't have a football team. Portland, Oregon, I think would be a great spot for a, uh, a football franchise. I mean, your thoughts? Absolutely. That's, uh, that's a big part of the strategy. And what you said there to me is important because one of the things that we were going to talk about on our recording today is uh, a very real thing called sports saturation where, you know, the average sports fan like you and me, you know, and then of a certain age and it even changes with age demographics. You got your young adult population and you got your middle-aged adults and then you got your older adults. So you got like three or four and then even teenagers. So you got three or four age groups of, of sports fans fans and in terms of sports saturation what it simply means is how much sports you know can i consume and keep up with on a weekly basis when especially in the late spring early these things happen at one time and so that's the biggest battle that a lot of these uh, secondary sports markets face if they're established right if they're not you know in the in the sports uh universe you know for a long time so that's something that they're up against uh but certainly we wish them the best because uh you know it's it's something uh, something good uh and family friendly to watch uh, on the old tv and you know and i know i mean i'm a huge sports fan just a lot of great sporting events of course this podcast is 
dedicated to Columbus, Georgia. And I know you're nowhere near Columbus, but I really do appreciate you taking the time out of your day and, and talking sports with me. And, you know, it's great just to catch up with you, especially after this long relationship we've had just on the air back in our college days. And I'm just really blessed that, that I'm continuing to relive this journey. I know that the broadcasting career is a grind, and I know that you've had some opportunities in broadcasting. Sometimes you just got to take advantage of every opportunity you have. And if you love sports and if you love broadcasting, I mean, what is stopping you from doing what you love to do? Yeah, thank you for that, Richard. And I agree with that. It's it's a great uh, opportunity to either cover the sport and broadcast the sport uh, or to just enjoy the sport or be a part of the sport. And I encourage everybody to do that that listens to this podcast, uh, especially in your local area. You know, go out and take in a sports game. Um, go out and support your local youth teams or your local minor league teams if you have minor league teams. Uh, it's it's a great activity for the family. Uh, it you know it develops uh, friendships like what we've had through the years, and so we're thankful for the opportunity that that it uh, provides for us, and uh, also just the opportunity to to see it again and to participate in it again uh, after uh, it was shut down for so long. Rob, you like sports documentaries, right? Absolutely, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm a big fan of those ESPN 30 for 30s. So I've made a special announcement on my podcast earlier today on the show before you came on that every week I'm going to have, I'm going to have like a 30 for 30 type documentary, you know, cause there are sports documentary podcasts. You know, I subscribe to the ESPN 30 for 30 podcast. So I'm going to have sports documentaries that are Columbus based. I think there's a lot of great sports stories in the city of Columbus, Georgia. My first episode is going to be dedicated to the 2006 Northern Little League World Series champions. I moved to Atlanta in 2006. That was the biggest sports story in Columbus history. It put Columbus, Georgia on the map. And I'm going to have Tyler Crowder on the show next week and several of the members of the 2006 Little League World Series team. I reached out to them. They agreed to be on the show. I got other show ideas to include USA Softball, Frank Thomas, the greatest athlete to ever come out of Columbus, and Sam Mitchell, the greatest basketball player to ever come out of Columbus. Uh, what do you think about this idea of, of implementing some sports documentaries every week? Absolutely, especially if it's not being done, uh, which you've done your research and it doesn't appear to be something that's being done. So, again, that's the thing. The challenge is trying to recreate what's already been done uh, but it sounds to me like you found a nice niche there uh, that people will be interested in. And you've already seen the success from that, getting people to agree to come on the show, even if it's not uh, the team itself uh, or the person, him or herself, maybe people that were around it or people that know enough to talk about it. And it's it's definitely interesting for people to listen to um, because that's the thing about podcasts and programs is you set them up interested in what you're talking about and then they come around it and they support it and that, and that's the best we can do and why we do what we do oh i'm very passionate about this project in fact i was down at the site where northern little league is in columbus that they have all those banners of all those state titles and they have a plaque dedicated to the 2006 little league world series champions and i was talking to some of the parents and we talked and we reminisced about that moment in the city where they beat Japan in the championship two to one. 
And it was a great moment. Uh, Cody Walker hit a two-run homer. I'm trying to get Cody on the show. I reached out to him. He lives in Colorado. He hit the two-run homer to put Columbus up two to one. And then they hung on for dear life as Kyle Carter just pitched a gym, a complete game, 11 strikeouts. Josh Lester, who is now in the AAA affiliate for the Detroit Tigers, he got the last out. I'm trying to get him on the show. I am so excited about this project. I cannot wait. I rewatched the broadcast on ESPN where they beat Japan and Britt Musburger with the final call. I'm hoping to use that footage. Uh, I think I, I should be able to use that footage. And it is going to be just a great and just wild journey as I'm trying to get all my uh, questions together and relive that moment. And really, the journey, when it comes to Little League Baseball, the journey starts in March. I was talking to some of the parents. It was just a regular season Little League game. The season's going to end end of May. And then they go on to districts, then the state, then the Southeast Regional. And really, if you're a Little League parent and you ha- you got a parent in Little League, that journey starts in March and it could possibly end in August. It's just such a long season. And I know the kids, they grow a bond and they still talk to each other. 16 years later, they still talk to each other. And here's why I wanted to share this with you, because I got really excited about this project. I've shared it with other people. They're on board. They love the idea especially sports fans living in Columbus that would love to see a documentary and, and reminisce about what a great time it was in the city. And, and of course they had a parade in Columbus and they were honored at the white house. And you know, that, that little league Jersey, that teal and red stitching is in the Georgia sports hall of fame in Macon and just a incredible moment for the city. Absolutely. 16 years later and uh, catching up with them and uh, their lives, what they're doing now, what their memories were. Yeah, that's a great. You're looking at several episodes of content there. Uh, you know, you could just spend a lot of time just with one person. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun and uh, hopefully something that the uh, Sports Hall of Fame there uh, will we'll consider supporting as well, you know, because obviously they've they've documented uh, their success and and, and rightly so. I mean, that's something that usually for these uh, little league teams, it only happens once. And um, that's why it's so important to, uh, to enjoy that many, many years later. And I really appreciate you being a guest on the podcast. And I come back next week uh, so we could talk NFL draft. I really would like to preview uh, this upcoming NFL draft. It's going to be on next Thursday. I got a couple of mock drafts. I'm kind of curious of what you think. And of course, Hopefully Memphis can uh, get by the Minnesota Timberwolves and uh, they face the Warriors in the playoffs. That would be very interesting if the Grizzlies play the Warriors in the second round of the playoffs. We got some bragging rights and some trash talking to do, Rob. (laughs) Oh, that'll be a lot of fun. And then also with the NFL draft too, just uh, I know you're already on this. Georgia Bulldogs football could possibly break a record and have the most players from one team drafted in the first round and definitely in the first two rounds. So good for them and uh, those high-character guys from that uh, that championship team. So, yeah, we'll definitely preview the draft, and I'll see about getting Mel Kuyper on, all right? Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely. And, you know, we're, we'll try to get Gabe Reynolds on. How about, how about that? I think, I think he would be a good uh, 
person to get on. Um, of course, uh, Gabe is a regular on this show. I'd love to get him on this week, uh, hopefully next week. But, you know, I know with our busy schedules and I'm trying to come back into the swing of things. I've, I've been away for about three weeks without guests. I, it was very difficult to do a show with, with what I was doing, you know, out doing training and working late nights till about midnight and not getting a whole lot of sleep. And it, it was very tough. Yeah, absolutely. That's We keep that love and that passion going, even when we have to take a break from it. So thanks for having me on today. Thank you, Rob, for being a guest on the show. That was Rob Frazier, my Wednesday's guest. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. And don't forget to like, subscribe to my Facebook channel. And if you're interested in being a guest, or if you have an idea for the documentary that I'm going to air next week, just send me an inbox and I will try to get it on the air and I would love to produce it. I'd love to be a part of it. I'm also already working with a fellow podcaster in Columbus. I love the idea of uh, joining forces with, with talent. There's a lot of broadcasting talent in this market and I really love being a part of it. So thank you for listening once again. Bye everybody. You've been listening to the sports beat with Richard Holdridge. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.